everyone, and welcome to episode 249 of Retro Encounter, RPG fans occasionally on topic podcast. I'm your host for today, Peter Treisenberg. Joining me today, we have Pete Levitt. Hello. Joe Padilla. Hello. And Mike Solosi. Hello, everyone. And today we're here to continue our discussion on Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, uh, Mario's first foray into the RPG realm on handhelds. See, I caught myself there. <laughs> we're not. Nice. We're proud. We're proud of you. This is not Super Super Mario RPG or Paper Mario Erasure. Um, but uh, um, so up to the last point, we paid up until the end of the uh, what the hoo woohoo universe who university. Yes, I think it's woohoo who university. Yeah, sounds about is, right. Yeah. We beat up Cacoletta, the Bean Star um, broke into pieces and flew apart, and now we gotta go find them. But as a as a um, to, to begin this this discussion, though, we want to I want to talk on something that we uh, danced around a little bit last episode, um, and that's the characterization in this game, specifically the characterization of Mario and Luigi, um, the brothers themselves. Uh, what do we all think of how they're portrayed in this game? Um, I, okay, I have a strong opinion on this. Um, I I think that the characterization of Luigi is maybe the most important thing this game does for Mario in general. Okay. Uh, basically, Luigi is a little more than green Mario or palette swap Mario or slow but runs in midair Mario (laughs) uh, in, in older games. But in this one, they give him more of a character than in any previous game to my knowledge. Like, I mean, I mean, what can you say about Luigi's character in, I don't know, Mario Kart games before Double Dash? Or his, his cameo in Paper Mario that barely counts? Like, uh, this game gives Luigi a really distinct personality that's uh, very over-the-top, very cowardly, very kind-hearted, cares about his brother, tr- always tries his best, but also has this... Um, Edge is the wrong word, but has this angle to him where he is sort of very silly um, and sort of fake coward, cowardly, but always, but 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 is sort of always there for his brother. Like like there's a very um, there's a very warm warmth to excuse me. There is a warmth to uh, uh, how afraid of everything Luigi is that I I think makes him sort of the heart of this game and definitely uh, influences his portrayal in later Mario games and uh, I think that's maybe the lasting legacy of Superstar Saga when you compare it to other games in the larger Mario series. I agree with that. I was surprised with how much they gave Luigi to do and how um, you know, despite his cowardice, how much bravery he showed. Uh, One thing the game does in this uh, later half that's pretty cool is they split them up they split up mario and luigi quite a bit and in some of the extended situations where they're split i i I just remember maybe maybe this isn't technically true but it seemed to me that luigi was the one that did the most stuff and um had the most action uh when they were split up yeah i mean he gets that section um this is getting a little ahead of ourselves, but when you get to a fungi town, um, Mar- and Mario uh, eats the mushroom, the bad mushroom. Uh, Luigi That's right. This whole little mini section he has to go through, including a little miniature dungeon. Um, and he 
it's fun. And later there's a, there's another similar section way later on in the game near the end where he is by himself doing some really important stuff. So yeah, he, he Luigi basically gets an espionage mission uh, towards the end of the game. There's there's not very much fighting in that, but uh, but there are more solo Luigi sections than solo Mario sections by a large margin. And I think it it definitely serves it definitely serves the game because. In basically every Mario game, um, regardless of how great or innovative that they are, there really isn't much personality for Mario besides like happiness and shock. <laughs> and Luigi just is, you know, from this game and then from I think it was a year and a half or two years earlier at Luigi's Mansion. It's like, well, we're not really going to mess with the the absolute mascot the you know player avatar that is Mario but we're going to like we're going to make we're going to make Luigi actually have a personality you know, we're going point. to make him this cowardly you know he has this cowardice but everything he does he still does a heroic job and so it's fun to see Luigi have that um, and to be actually given a personality by the developers when as was said for the first you know 15 to 20 years of his existence, he was just palette swap Mario Mm. with a few different movement options. Yeah, and I think you actually hit onto something. I think you did hit onto something there, Joe, too. Um, Because uh, Luigi isn't uh, the the straight man, you know, he's not the the face of the company like Mario. There are they do have a little bit more creative freedom with how they get to play play around with him essentially. Um, and yeah, you mentioned Luigi's Mansion. This came out right. Or, this that game came out a couple years prior to Superstar Saga. Um, there's a lot of references and cameos um, from Luigi's Mansion in this game, and you get that like cowardly Luigi's cowardly angle, but also like he comes through when his brother needs him and still um kind of starts earning more recognition for himself and this is all done like like at the beginning no like bowser doesn't recognize him by the end of it you've got people who are equally excited to see luigi yeah he he gets he keeps being called green brother or mr green or some (laughs) other epithet because uh mario is the celebrity and luigi's the hanger on but uh, but he is specifically recognized a couple times later in the game which uh you know i think maybe contributes to his arc of hey luigi's a superstar also that uh, and uh and i mean it, it's talking about how he sort of always comes through in spite of his cowardice makes me think like the, the cowardice is a little bit performative like luigi will do what he has to do and he will be there for his brother even though he's afraid of everything so the uh, you know the re- super rea- uh, exaggerated reactions are Again, to just giving Luigi more differences uh, than his brother, where, where Mario is much more of a, I don't know, much more stoic than Luigi in this game. Yeah, it's a stoic's probably a good word for it. I mean, Mario is still like happy and jovial, but he's also and generally more willing to like go into danger. Like um, right before the final dungeon, like when he's he's like it's when they're like oh we need to bowser's castle is attacking from the air we need to we need to go and mario is hopping around and that's the implication that uh oh yeah he's ready to go and then luigi's like no 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 <laughs> um just little things like that that um do a lot of fleshing out um the mario brothers as characters which is just something you don't see very often you know because they're usually just like you like we've been saying player avatars 
Um, I, yeah, no, I think that's a really good point uh, you guys have all made. Um, and the other characters get a lot of really fun attention, too. Um, we mentioned last episode, um, Cacoletta, um, Fawful, uh, Prince Peasley, Queen Bean, like all these original characters. Uh, what do we think about Bowletta? <laughs> Oh, uh, just, <laughs> th- those are some. Uh, I I've seen I've seen some I've seen some some people on some, you know, on some on some devil's lettuce that had eyes less red than that. Um, <laughs> oh, the bloodshot eyes are a nice touch. I oh my god, yeah, it's a it is it is a nightmarish it is a nightmarish uh, visage to see that. Um, yeah, it's. It's freaking. I don't know what it is about Bowser always having things and people going inside of him. Like at some so point, so, you so much so they made a whole game out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were like, you know what? We just keep putting things and people inside of Bowser. Why not just set a whole game inside him? Like he's a large vessel, you know. Yeah, he's he is the vessel. <laughs> yeah. But Cacoletta, she's still pretty. She still has some pretty fun moments. Um, I especially like um, uh, towards the end of the game when um, uh, she and Fawful are trying to figure out um, uh, when when Luigi's in disguise as Peach. I was uh, yeah, I was uh, I was hoping I was waiting for the uh, maybe later moment to bring to talk a little bit about Luigi as Peach because I think that's a very good yeah, moment and uh, love the dialogue in that section. The dialogue where she like under her breath is like Fawful. Did you see that? Yes. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, we'll get there. It, it, yeah, where, where they instantly get much more serious. Uh, <laughs> but like, like, uh, Luigi's Peach impersonation is excellent. I'm uh, far exceeded my expectations. But Luigi uh, talks as Peach. It's incredible. Yeah, I, I didn't know. Uh, I, I guess like all that uh, hanging out that they did in uh, Mario Brothers Two USA uh, really paid off because yeah, Luigi can really, can really pull off. Luigi can hit some high notes. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Luigi's basically her brother-in-law, like at this point. So, hmm. so they, they spent some time sure. together. Hey, look, I'm, I, I played Mario Odyssey recently, which also has a little bit of uh, Mario going going inside other things, sort of. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but technically, nobody gets married in that game. Uh, if anything, Luigi is the. Um, I don't know Peach's boyfriend's brother that she has a that she has a good casual relationship with, you know. He's it's, dating it's, her sorority sister. <laughs> well, if they have a good casual relationship, I guess that still gives them enough time to hang out so Luigi can learn the ropes, mm-hmm. just in case you know they have to do some kind of I mean, some kind of subterfuge. They play tennis every Thursday. They go gar- golf. They go Mario karting every Friday, and then on Saturday it's Mario Party. The party, yeah. <laughs> Um, but let's actually. Uh, when is it NBA Street Volume Two? That's the question. Mm, we should talk about it. Because Peach is in workout gear and playable in an NBA Street game. 
<laughs> I want to do an episode cool. on it. I mean, there's also, uh, lest we forget, Super Mario Strikers, my personal say, favorite. Mm, can, yeah. we, can, we should probably pick up on where the game actually went. So after the Beanstar pieces um, scattered to the four winds, um, actually backing up a second, um, we find first we have our first, our, our next, in, our second, second encounter with Popple the Shadow Thief. I, I don't think we mentioned him last episode, did we? Oh, we did. Oh, no, the yeah, and, and then Bowser is rookie is uh is his rookie it's pretty great yeah, I, yeah. I, did, was it only the second because i thought we encounter him once in chuckle hook woods and then right yes. after in the universe he's in he's in he's in the chuckle hook manor he's in the like the cola cellar or whatever yeah that's where the, we fight him yeah yeah so popple's like a, um just kind of a stereotypical thief character um who speaks with like a gangster accent it's really fun yeah. like you get c at everything at the end um yeah you do something he calls girls dames and whatever you do he's doing an edgar Pop- robinson impression see now, yeah it's like he's chomping on some kind of cigar yeah or something now one day and that day may never come i'm gonna ask you to do a, me a favor see <laughs> yeah that um, kind of thing. But uh, Popple has, has found the amnesiac Bowser um, as his rookie. Um, so for a couple fights, you fight them as a duo. Um, and they even do a little uh, bros, uh, uh, what is referred to in-game as a bros attack, which is pretty pretty amusing. Um, after after we fight them, the Beanstar gets, gets all agitated and goes flying off. Bowser remembers who he is, and then the Beanstar breaks into four pieces. We have ourselves a fetch quest, ladies and gentlemen. But we so last episode, I predicted that this would suck, and I was delighted the extent to which it didn't. It was it was it was puzzly enough and and you know it twisty and turny enough to be interesting, but it was straightforward enough that uh, I felt pretty good about it, and um, I I just really uh, there there were a few moments. I mean, there were some things um, that frustrated me slightly but really the for as far as fetch quests go it could have been a whole lot worse and the precedent for me on my experience up to that point uh was set to where i expected it to be worse but it was a lot better it was really really it was it was a fun set of um sequences yeah i i I think they do a smart thing in not really wasting your time for three out of the four pieces yes (laughs) getting getting the first piece is pretty involved uh you have to do a bunch of stuff on the on on this uh pirate ghost ship and then you have to do a a go through a small underwater dungeon and uh, where you get some uh, skill upgrades then a medium to large size overworld area that's a I guess I guess you would call it the Oho Ocean. Just just all of those dunes and ocean bits on the uh, eastern part of the map, and it's it's pretty long getting that first piece. But after you do that, and you have the advanced hand powers, and you have the upgraded hammers, the each of the next three pieces is like is like one small side quest mini game that's pretty fun. Yeah. But before but we're actually getting a little ahead of ourselves because you mentioned the hand powers. Uh, that's actually one of the last main power ups you get um, right after the Beanstar pieces first split. Um, but before the actual quest. Um, but so Mario gets his uh, fire powers and Luigi gets electric powers, which is interesting. I don't know if that's if that's a reference to something or if they just needed a different element. In the other Mario games, he typically just uses green fire. Yeah. I, I, um. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think, but in in, in some, but not all Mario brother uh, Mario games, Luigi just has different colored fireballs. But sometimes they're orange, like Mario's. Yeah. So this it's it's it, so this is a unique moment where Luigi has like his own unique set of elemental powers, and his are useful because they can cause um debuffs on on enemies, which is very helpful. Yes, very helpful. Um, but after that initial section, um, we're alerted that Princess Peach is coming to visit the Bean Bean Kingdom, and we have and oh no, we have to clear out a piranha plant infestation so she can land, and so that gets taken care of. Um, pretty pretty easy boss fight, all things considered. I thought. Yeah. Um, but when she arrives, are you ready for the plot twist, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Remember how Princess Peach had lost her voice to Cacoletta? Turns out. She didn't. <laughs> yeah, this thing was like, I mean, it was it was funny enough to be acceptable, but there was a brief instant where I was like, come on, Peach, <laughs> come on. I thought it was really funny um, because it turns out that Birdo's voice was the one that was stolen. <laughs> right, right. Birdo in disguise as Peach. Yeah, no, Birdo, Birdo's got a couple funny moments in this game and honestly i think they're all comedy gold it's probably one of my favorite running gags in this game <laughs> but um once once peach arrives in the bean bean kingdom and her and uh we have so far it seems like all is well um cat villain is defeated princess is no longer in danger we're gonna go on a scenic uh on a scenic uh visit to a nearby toad town uh, I do want to get you in here, Joe, because you encountered what can only be described as a game-breaking glitch at this point. Yeah, I, I don't know how this happened. Like it, so what had happened was that there was supposed to be when you go to the Tihi Desert slash Valley. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to. There's supposed to be a cutscene that triggers with Peach, um, where you know she walks around, um, where she walks around the desert. And you're supposed to follow her, um, um, but I never got the initial cutscene, so I just so so I never got the initial cutscene, and um, she wasn't down any of the pipes. Like I checked all the pipes a couple of times, and she wasn't there. So I was like, okay, and I reset the game. Well, I. Um, I tried to, I can't remember what happened, but my game had, uh, the game restarted itself, which is really weird. Um, and then I had like, Oh no. Yeah. Like the, like the game itself crashed when I tried to, um, when I tried to go out of, when I tried to go out of the pipe and go back into where that cutscene was supposed to happen, it just crashed. Um, so I exited the game, went back in and just found Peach in one of the pipes. Just, you know, she was tied up and she was just chilling there. Um, but I never got that cutscene. So then I followed her around the rest of the desert and everything was on a technical level hunky-dory after that. But, yeah, it was just, it so was super wild. odd. Like, yeah, I, I, and I, I had looked online. I hadn't seen anyone who had had that exact glitch. But I, I, I didn't either. I, after you told us about it, I was poking around, seeing any, any the list. There's like a whole list of recorded glitches for both versions of Superstar Saga, and I saw nothing about this. I, I yeah. think I saw um, people encountering a game-breaking glitch at that part of the game, 
Like, like uh, and it did sort of end the game for some people. So I was really worried about you for a second, Joe. But it uh, at least it seemed to resolve itself with you because there are known uh, missed flags and and uh, game breaking scenarios in this game, which is unfortunate. I, I haven't run into anything like it, but it does exist, and we have twenty five percent of us to corroborate that. Yeah, I mean, and that's the only that's the only technical issue I had with this game, basically. Um, so it's just a really strange, it's just a really strange thing to happen. But it but it all worked out. I was able to yeah, get through the rest out. of the game. It all worked out in the end, but that's still a pretty wild story. Um, but thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you were able to progress. That's man, I'd be I'd be very upset. <laughs> I was yeah, because you know with me, I'm as we had mentioned, um, you know, before the show, I'm de- I'm someone who like if I start playing a game. I like to roll credits. Like, I don't like to just leave it. um, I don't like to leave it on the table. And just like Eric Hartman singing, come sail away. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm a big sticks fan, you know. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, it was. um, Yeah, I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to finish this one. That's going to be upsetting. Um, But it was all fine. It all worked out. Mm -hmm. I'm a trooper. All worked out in the end. Well, that's good. (laughs) Once we get to, yeah, once, once we do get through the, uh, the desert section for better or for worse, um, uh, we wind up in the little fungi town, um, which is where the aforementioned, um, Mario gets poisoned, um, and Luigi has to go find an item to help him part of the story happens. Um, it's also where Gino used to have a cameo in the Game Boy Advance version, uh, Gino from a Superstar Saga. We talked about this on the last Was his game in the arcade in Fungi Town? Yeah, he was, um, running the little, um, that one little slide mini game where you, like, knock stuff into the Piranha Plants mouse, which actually... Right, right. Right, yeah. How many game is kind of fun? Um, yeah, it's, fun. it's uh, in general. I think the mini games in this game are really solid, but we'll go on a more in depth discussion on those a little later on. Um, uh, but um, and that's also when Bowletta gets introduced, um, bringing bringing us to the Bean Star Pieces hunt. Bowletta has demanded that we bring. She's essentially doing a like a, a hostage negotiation type thing with Peach. Like, okay, I've got the princess. Now I want you to bring me four beans. You better not try any funny business. <laughs> oh, but we try funny business. Oh, we try lots of funny business. <laughs> so Shenanigans the four, inbound. The, the four bean pieces, um, just to briefly go over them, uh, there's the one in the, that you get from the SS Chocola... That's the name of the boat, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that the SS Chicola is a really fun little section. It's really short, really brief, but you have to free somebody who there. Everyone on there is is dead, and they're all skeletons, and they're on. They're like the captain and the crew of this boat, and that one of them drank too much Chicola Cola and is stuck in a like a fissure in the wall in the boat. And yeah, it, it's it's surprising that they have a skeleton with girth. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like your bones. You drink too much, your bones get soft and and fluffy or whatever they say. And, it, and it's I don't know. It's kind of funny, but kind of dark and sad at the same time. Because he's totally cool with it. The guy that's stuck is like totally fine. He just wants more. He's not like bummed that he's stuck or whatever. He's but just, he's just totally going. He's just going with it. I mean, yeah, more. Give me more cola. Delicious. Yeah. 
God, can you imagine the sugar content that's in that stuff? If it literally liquefies your bones. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, utilizing dynamite in some way, you free him, but that blows the boat off the like desert beach and into the ocean where it promptly sinks, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so from from that following is it it's not there it's the following sequence where you get the, the bean star piece right or is it in that moment it's at the following sequence because um we have to go um to uh oho oasis is that it that's right yes or Gua- yeah. no, guajar lagoon lagoon mm-hmm. yeah oho oasis is where you get shipwrecked after uh woohoo university and get your fire you get your hand powers then guarhar lagoon is the uh oho ocean region that's basically a bunch of sand dunes and also where you meet the uh delightful jellyfish sisters yeah splatoon rejects uh, this predates Splatoon, so I believe you mean the Splatoon ancestors. They they, they started it all. It's all their fault. They're like they're like they're massage therapists, like they're they, they're practitioners in a in a fancy spa in the lagoon, and so they see your hands and don't your hand powers fire off on accident, and that's what makes them realize. Yeah. Yeah, it's so like they take one, you to go. It's like that one bit from uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, except yeah. less accidentally mm-hmm. horny. <laughs> Are you yeah, sure? They managed to avoid, no, I, I thought they managed to avoid any horniness, which I appreciated personally. In, in Mario it, and Luigi or in Final Fantasy? Yeah. In Mario and Luigi, sorry. Okay, in Mario okay. And Luigi. I was about to disagree with you strongly until you clarified that. Sure, <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, you do give um, the the jellyfish sisters beans, and they get very excited. But that seems to be par for the course for this kingdom, so I'm not going to rule out the possibility. Yeah, Look, you, you can't throw a bean without hitting a pile of freaking beans in the Bean Bean Kingdom. It's like Mario turning into a bean. You're looking for pearl beans and bean stars and bean shards and. I realized that one of the one of the side characters was named Doctor Fava, and that made me laugh. Right, all I'm saying is that Gigi and Mary are professionals, and they demonstrate nothing but professionalism throughout. So, just to to um, get through this th- this section, you use your upgraded hand powers, which uh, M- Mario uses his firebrand to burn Luigi's behind, which makes them dash really fast, and then Luigi uses his electricity to fuse them together so they can walk in tandem and any and kind of strafe and walk around I, uh you, you use that to kind of get through this part <laughs> can i, I just say can i just say i like the dash but i really do not like how um luigi's um electric powers feel to use with mario like how you move and it makes those sections where you have to walk slowly between the big spiky rollers really frustrating for me they can get frustrating yeah they can get frustrating they they frustrated Um, me as a child they frustrate me now (laughs) and regarding suspension of disbelief i have an easier time believing uh oh i burned my behind so now i run really fast than i do i am unable to walk sideways or backwards without getting electrocuted yeah, that one's just like yeah, they're like that one is just weird. I don't I don't get it. I don't think it was very funny. It's not a big deal, but it was just odd. Yeah, and and the boo statues, I don't know if this is a thing in just the remake or in the GBA version, but they're they don't trigger 
very e- e- the boo statues like you have to be like looking away from them for them to appear that makes sense it's like a boo so you have to use the, the electrical power so you're not looking at it and then you can kind of hit the switch for some reason in the 3ds version i don't remember if it was this way in the gba version but i don't remember it feeling this finicky like I no guess, there are a bunch of times where I like was I thought I had it lined up and I wasn't. <laughs> no, in the GBA version, I never had any issues. Yeah, uh, so it felt pretty good. Something yeah. to do with the new graphics engine, then I don't know. Perhaps I was yeah. a little miffed. <laughs> there was a couple uh, jumping maneuvers that I remember doing in the GBA that the same tactic wouldn't really work in the DS, but that was. That was just a couple areas of, uh, uh, you know, there's a few parts of the game where you have to hit simultaneous blocks where Mario goes on a higher ledge than Luigi. Yeah. And because, uh, now I'm not sure about this, but I think it's partially because um, there's no sort of manual switching of the bros' positions no, in their game. there isn't, you're right. Yeah, and, and you, they only uh, change positions based on what skill you're using. So I think, I, like, having them move disparately felt more awkward in the 3ds version than i remember it feeling in the gba version Uh, but the 3ds version is still very functional and still very pretty so so i i I appreciate those upgrades um especially just i mean i i would rather play something on my 3ds than um get go back to my gba sp even though i love that that machine dearly and and yet this part of the game um I, i think that uh the Guajar Lagoon stuff goes on maybe a little too long just because it uh, just because it's, you know, the ship and the ocean and the lagoon and a slightly annoying boss fight just to get one piece. And then they, the other three pieces combined take less time to, <laughs> to obtain. Yeah, that after that, it's like boom, boom, boom. Um, the only one that takes like moderately longer is the um, the Yoshi movie heater one, which isn't which isn't that bad. Like, like I thought each of those was maybe 10 minutes. Well, Warhar no. Lagoon was, a, 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 I don't know, one of the slower parts of the game. The Yoshi part when I when it came up, I was like, yeah, you were pissed. Are you, <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit miffed at that. I was like, are you serious? You're going to make me find seven bean fruit to give to seven or whatever it was. Seven, I think it's seven. It was seven. Yoshi. And, uh, but it was, but you know, it ended up being nothing. They mark it on the map. They're pretty easy to find. I did run into one issue with the GBA version where um, it's pretty clearly marked where they are. Like they're in a, usually in the circle of plants. So it's mm-hmm. pretty obvious. But I ran into this weird issue I think I had to reload at some point before I started. So I, so I was going to the ones where I I knew where they were, but when, so you have to, you have to hit Luigi with a hammer. So he burrows underground and then he crawls around underground and he pops up and what he pops up where there's an item, then you'll get the item. And it's like that to get the bean fruit as well. And so when I did that, he was popping up with nothing. And I was like, no, are you serious? It's the icons on the map. But (laughs) I found out that you have to be slightly left of center to where this plant circle is. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. But it was just kind of this weird little thing where I had to like look up the, on the internet and, and I, I, I didn't get any answers, but I just realized <laughs> it after the fact. I said, Oh, okay. So the 3ds version does make the window a little more generous for getting those items. Um, probably because yeah, that was kind of an issue. You had to be like in exactly the, the right spot to get the bean fruits in the original game. 
Um, yeah, it was, wasn't even like right in the middle. It was weird, but anyway, yeah. I was expecting to be a little annoyed by these um, fetch quests within a fetch quest, but um, uh, the, the, all the bean fruits are in a really close area to each other. They're all clearly marked on your map, and aside from one pretty straightforward mini boss, um, there's really not a whole lot of hassle to it. Plus, I just like the idea of the movie theater for Yoshi's. I think it's cute. <laughs> It's very yeah. cute, and and I did like this area, this section, well, a lot more than I thought I did. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was straightforward. It was fine, but it was still interesting. So pour one out for the uh, the Starfy poster that they got rid of in the 3DS remake. Womp womp womp. Starfy. Yeah, being a bit of a non-starter for Nintendo in general. But I also thought it was amusing that the uh, they make the opening menu of the 3DS version. Uh, the, the Yoshi Theater. There's a yeah. bunch of Yoshis in the audience clapping for you. I thought that was a cute show. Oh my god, I like I like that visual, but that sound um, will like haunt my dreams. Oh man, no, I don't <laughs> like that opening tone at all. Because I just, every time it starts, every time it starts up, I feel like I've broken something. I think it's supposed to be like an impresario playing a pitch pipe to tune. Right. But it ends up sounding like a scratchy fart. Exactly. It, well, it sounds like, you know, have you ever, um, like, if you've ever had um, one of your systems freeze up and it kind of makes, makes a, a like loops of sound segment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like my PS4 Pro has made a sound like that a couple of times, and I'm like, mm, <laughs> don't yeah, do this to me. Sets your, sets your teeth on edge. So the GBA version's um, opening tone where it's just Mario and Luigi saying, Nintendo in unison, that's adorable. Like, I love that. It is. I wish they'd kept that. <laughs> um, you were saying. So that. I was just saying, that's that's how you uh, get that bean star piece but the the next piece is a or an, another piece i guess you can do these in 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 a different order if you want to but yeah. one of them involves another fight with the thief guy yeah popple and um, this time you popple. find him solo he's got some tricks up his sleeve that guy wants to steal your items and your hammers yeah that's I, yeah that, 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 that can be a pretty frustrating fight if you don't have the timing down um if he takes the hammer you lose your primary form of counterattacks so you just kind of have to take it right um and also during that bit you find like a weird hidden village of snail people and you have to fight in a coliseum but the coliseum fight is like pong that's right. Yeah, it, it's That's like fun. it's like 360 Pong with electric snails, and it's maybe my favorite mini game in the game. It's, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a it's it's easy to understand once you try it one time, and it's very fun. And I used it to farm he beans for about 30 minutes earlier yeah. this week. <laughs> that and the, uh, the 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 mini game where Gino used to be um, were my go to he bean farming stations. Yeah, like I after playing it this time because I, I didn't really remember the content of all the mini games from when I played this game 15 years ago. But playing this one's like, oh, why was I like playing jump rope with two idiots like a sucker? This is way better. We should talk too about um uh the p- little puzzle barrel sliding mini game you play. Yeah, it's it, 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 one that's kind of like a like a match five version of Panel de Pon, kind of or Bejeweled or something that. Except more awkward. I, I I don't like that one as much. I don't love it. It's definitely a little awkward to fig like to figure out like all the positioning. 
Um, and once they start introducing yellow barrels, it's like game over, man. I can't. And also, they, they, they just call that game barreling. Like, you guys want a barrel or let's barrel in a way that, I, I don't know, like barrel as a verb was a little bit of a head scratcher to me. It's also another cameo excised from the uh, th- from the 3DS version, Rip. Um, in the Game Boy Advance version, that, that minigame is handled by a skeletal Donkey Kong which is great because it's barrels in the 3ds version it's just a generic skeleton dude and i'm so sad wanted daddy bones kong yeah that that was a main game that i ended up brute forcing for sure i was like i don't have i don't want to learn how to do this elegantly (laughs) i had no problem doing it getting however many you need to clear it for the regular game but i was not interested in ever revisiting it yeah Yeah, they unlock it at the arcade later and you're like no thank you Joe, did you like any of the mini games? Um, they're kind of out of my brain a bit, but I like the I like the painting one. Yeah, I I did enjoy that because I like this sort of um this sort of Andy Warhol figure <laughs> that you had who was like who was who was basically just doing like the uh, you know Frank from Always Sunny when he's dressing as Andy Warhol more than Andy Warhol himself, <laughs> um, which I found I found pretty amusing. Um, and that game was yeah it was short but it was cute. Um, and I like I like fashion I like patterns so of course I'm going to be somewhat into that. <laughs> Yeah, how else do they? How are you supposed to communicate that tropical plus polka dot equals star? Of course, mm. like fashion one hundred and one. That's how that's how it works. And you you know you can't mix them. Like you you got to make sure that you mix them together, uh, or else you won't be able to progress. You got to get the star. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that that's the last uh, bean piece, isn't it? With, yeah, with, so uh, yeah, the fashion. No, yeah, it's it's the snails, the painting mini game, the Yoshi egg collection, and then all the business at uh, at Lagoon with the um, the hermit crab that wants to be a Christmas tree. Which I saw. I loved him. Oh, I loved him, and and his entourage. That boss fight is a little annoying if you don't know how to set. If you don't know that you have to set the tree on fire. <laughs> Otherwise, he keeps healing himself. Like I, I just for a while I thought I wasn't supposed to set the tree on fire because that makes him run away. I'm like, well, damn! Now I can't attack him as well anymore. But then I realized, oh, if you don't set him on fire, he heals himself. You just have to deal damage to him slowly and set him on fire whenever you can. It's a. Uh, I, I, that, that boss battle took me longer than it should have. Not, not because I was uh, I was failing, more I was just sort of letting him get <laughs> climb back into contention. Yeah, uh, did you guys find the, the the rock and roll star that joins him, the hermit crab, on top of his tree later? Yes, <laughs> I don't think I did. Uh, it's, it's, a, it, it's it's slightly hidden in the uh, um, after you get the surfboard. Um, you can find a, a star with a guitar like, hey, do you know a cool place for me to hang out? And Mario and Luigi are like, think bubble, think bubble, giant hermit crab. So if you go back to the hermit crab, um, the, uh, the rock and roll star goes at the top of the tree and he gives you a badge. Obviously, the rock and roll star's major preoccupation and worry is a cool place to hang out. I love that. <laughs> like, I don't think this is the most sophisticated game narrative or has the most complicated characters but there are so many amusing jokes and amusing gimmicks that i i, I was consistently surprised and uh and amused um like I, I i know joe we mentioned um in the previous episode how you sort of prefer 
narratives with more nuance or drama that are maybe or, and, and emotion. And uh, Mario RPGs don't really have any of those. But I, I think if you go in with the right expectations, this is a pretty. This game has pretty entertaining moments. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. I think it's just, yeah, I, I mean, we'll go, we'll go more into it. Like when we do the, the kind of roundup, but yeah, it just, it just wasn't hitting me right. But that's, that's kind of neither here nor there for the moment. (laughs) And unfortunately, like all jokes, they must come to an end. Um, the, after you collect all the bean star pieces, uh, Bowletta sets up the, uh, the meeting place for the hostage swap. Um, uh, jokes end, which is um, the winter area of the game. You have to you have to squash Luigi into a surfboard, which is amusing, um, and then surf over to the far corner of the map. And then you have this rather complicated um, dungeon um, with a whole bunch of moving, a whole bunch of different um, moving parts. Parts you have to separate the brothers and move them and and hit different switches. Um, I, I'm not gonna lie, I used to be, I used to struggle with this part quite a bit when I was younger. Now I kind of just okay, follow follow the path and hit everything. You'll eventually figure it out. But for a while there. Um, it was, I thought it was pr- pro- up to this point. It's probably the most complicated puzzle area in the game. This was the kind of thing that I was dreading, but I ended up really liking it a lot. Um, music's it was, the music's great, and it wasn't like you'd get lost easily. But it, it felt just keeping track of, of. I mean, it wasn't even a matter of keeping track of where the brothers were or anything. But yeah, you just it was a matter of not much more than splitting up and taking one as far as they could go and then taking the other one as far as they could go. The only thing I had an issue with was there's a part where you have to move Luigi under a barrel that falls from the ceiling. I didn't quite understand that I could move him while it was falling and that would um, open up an area uh, right in that same area. So other than that, though, I felt like it was pretty... um, easy to understand and and i'm a sucker when it comes to these kinds of like dungeons and puzzles and whatever i usually don't get it or need a lot of help but this one was a lot of fun i felt like i thought it was pretty well designed it does a sort of uh all is part of the whole kind of design where you're um uh, every time you do something in one part of the dungeon there in one of the central hub areas something will change and you have to revisit that part of it in, in a way that it sort of even though this is an extremely 2D game where things are very chunked out into little puzzle zones, uh, it, it made it feel like a contiguous structure in a way that's not true of uh, of every part of this game. And it does something, I think I mentioned this in the previous episode also, but uh, you use the skills that you got at the very beginning and the school skills you use at the very end all the time. And I appreciate that. Like So, like, um, so in, in Joke's End, you have all of your skills. I think you have to do... Thunderbrand, Firebrand, and regular hand attacks, and all kinds of hammer stuff, and you're still using your high jump and your spin jump that you got in the first 30 minutes of the game. It's, uh, again, uh, not like a Zelda game where you use an item in one dungeon and then forget it forever. You're sort of using your whole toolbox uh, that you've accrued things in throughout the game for this late game dungeon, and I, I, I thought that was good. Like, um, I, I don't love the I don't know the the spooky aesthetic or the icy aesthetic of Jokes End, but I, as a puzzle dungeon, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm with you there. Like I've gr- I've grown on that area, and you're and you're right. Um, 
uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga that makes you um, you have to use everything in your toolbox, but everything is also clearly signified so you can readily figure out at a glance, this is what I need to do. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's very clearly communicated. It's just a question of figuring out um, how to do it sometimes, as with um, pizza barrel situation. That puzzle, um, at first at least, um, before you know how to move Luigi, like you said, sometimes you just, like, there's a step to this I'm missing. What is it? But usually they don't get much more complicated than that. Um, I am a little annoyed that you only have, like, two dungeons to use the uh, the strong, the gold hammers in, but um, you, do, you can go around collecting some... Uh, out of reach collectibles with them, which is fun. Yeah, and you get um, uh, throughout the overworld. There's those uh, puzzle rooms that are usually like one small obstacle course or one tricky puzzle gimmick that'll have a uh, a Monty Mole at the end, um, get, like give you some kind of small reward. There's I don't know, probably at least a dozen of those. I, I don't think I found all of them, but just just having puzzle loving moles giving you gifts for doing weird stuff with hammers and fire hands is, I don't know, something that I thought fit very well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when you get to the end of that, um, we have the aforementioned, um, Luigi cross-dressing scene. Move over, Cloud Strife. Luigi did it, Luigi did it better. (laughs) I, uh, I had almost forgotten about the princess switcheroo at the beginning of the game, but Valletta and Fawful really, uh, fall for the fake princess gag twice. Uh, I don't know, they, they need to get better at just basic facial recognition. Honestly, though, it's pretty great because um, so Toadsworth, how the setup that goes into this joke is great because they give Toadsworth is like the princess has undoubtedly tried to escape Balletta. Um, here's a spare dress for her. Like he's just doing the good, the good butler thing. Um, and um, when you get there. Um, Fawful isn't you. You also bring a fake bean star to try and fool Fawful. It doesn't work. Um, so Luigi's like kind of freaking out, and Mario puts two and two together, and they put Luigi in the dress, and Luigi does a perfect imitation of Princess Peach, and it somehow works. <laughs> he has his demure gloved hands covering his face. And, and the only two things that would have betrayed his true identity are that mustache and that giant honker of a nose he has. So he had to, he had to protect the goods to keep the illusion alive. It worked for a while until they finally figured it out. Um, and, that, and again, like this, some of my my favorite line of dialogue in the whole game. Fawful? Yes. Fire at will. <laughs> yeah, these two very over-the-top villain characters just suddenly become very, very silent and angry. <laughs> they just they realize they've been duped again, and they're just so done. Um, they are so done with this nonsense. Um, and I love it. <laughs> like, it's great. Um, it's, again, it works with the comedy tone of this game, that the villains are, sudden, are just constantly being... Over undone by these antics. Then, uh, then Luigi has to sneak through the hold of Bowser's like refurbished airship Bare- to find the refurbished. The thing is barely staying afloat. Yeah. yeah, it's all held together like by sheet metal and whatever. It's pretty cool. And they make the very curious decision of having invisible boxes full of who beans unlockable by putting electrical charges in certain places. Perfectly That's convenient. 
which is the game's way of saying you might need some stat bonuses because there's a final dungeon coming up. It was really Eight. satisfying uh, right before the first final boss to drink like 20 cups of coffee all at once. Isn't, isn't, I, isn't that just how all your final bosses work? Yes, but sometimes the items are called sources. Sometimes the items are seeds. It. I, I have this tendency to being worried that stat up items will somehow interfere interfere with leveling, even though that's very rarely, if ever, the case. So I always have just a pile of stat up items at the end of the game. And but when I think the final boss is coming, I'll just eat them all at once. And I, I've done it many, many times, and every time I love it. Yeah, I did. I did the same thing, and I felt like Fry from the episode of Futurama, where he uh, drinks like he's continuously drinking coffee, and then at some point he basically just gains power over time. Because uh, like, they were just scarfing down all these cups of coffee. Again, I'm 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 concerned here. Is that not what's supposed to happen? I mean, is is that what is that what you do? I'm, no, I'm Peter just... uh, makes it clear that he um, just does lines of coffee grounds. <laughs> yeah, listen to listen, listen like, to our our uh, three truths and a lie episode, and you'll uh, you'll find out. Yep, well, uh, you can learn all about Peter's relationship with coffee in that episode. Was that was that also the bucket of worms thing? Uh, yes, in, in the same conversation. Yes, I can neither confirm nor deny that I was a very odd <laughs> child. Um, oh god! <laughs> but um, but because Fawful and Bowletta are just absolutely done with the Mario Brothers ax- a- a- antics, they decide that the only course of action is to go back to Bowser's castle and initiate a tactical nuclear strike on um Bean Bean Castle. Just um just real quick, yeah. when when Luigi escapes with the bean star, he, he uses oh, Princess Peach yeah. as a parachute and then a bird comes and cuts the parachute line and so Luigi plummets to the ground in Tihi Valley and like does um like nail he gets like nailed into the sand, he falls, he he hits the, the ground and he falls through into Poffle's uh hideout. Uh Popple. Popple, not Popple. Yeah. It's our final Popple. battle with Popple the Shadow Thief. I, uh, into, into Popple's hideout. Excuse me, I'm mixing two characters together. Um, it's it's and like Sauron this, and Saruman, man. They sound similar. Totally. <laughs> uh, and that um, kicks off uh, another cool boss fight with uh, his new rookie, Birdo. Uh, yes, Birdo. Birdo's like in love with him. It's adorable. Haiki would play oh. a visual novel where it's just Birdo trying to romance a bunch of eligible Yoshis. <laughs> Nintendo, cater to my very specific interests. Birdo has a history Birdo. of making unusual cameos in the Mario RPGs because uh, Birdo's a sort of a surprise boss in Nimbus Land in uh, in in the Super Nintendo Mario RPGs. Birdo's always showing up when you least expect her. Mm-hmm. And apparently uh, Mushi and Popple are... Uh, an item now, which or it's a one-sided thing, which I don't really sure. I like the implications of that. I think I think they are, but I think that that uh, Apple is just like, hey, not in front of the guys, like <laughs> you know. I, I think Birdo believes they're an item, and what Popple actually said is that he steals items. Ah, I see <laughs> there was a bit of a miscommunication going on. Mm-hmm. This is this is why you got to read the Tinder profile very carefully, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and remember just because she's nice to you does not mean she's into you Birdo 
<laughs> oh my some, god. Some, sometimes they're just a shadow thief and they're doing what they do. Oh, sometimes god. people are nice because that is what is normal and socially acceptable. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, after that, uh, it, it took me an embarrassingly long time to realize that you have to talk to the pteranodon ter- over in uh yeah <laughs> <over in Hulu laughs> mountain i see i remembered that from the other from the from when i from the from the gba game but yeah if you didn't know that that was the only way you had to get to the final dungeon and you didn't talk to um lady lima who has like a she has a one-off line of dialogue where it's like isn't there anybody who can fly in our kingdom and yeah, have to put two in it's together. not obvious. But that's your only hint. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it took me. I was wandering everywhere trying to figure out what to do, but but uh, and then I either remembered the Pteranodon or finally made a connection, and I did the extremely stupid thing of going all the way to the top of Hoo Hoo Mountain by myself. <laughs> oh, and, then no. they, and then when the 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 dinosaur was absent, I'm like, well, this is a whole crock of nonsense, and I. I, I, th- I think I did look it up. It's like, okay, where's the stupid dinosaur? Oh, it's in the oh. town that I just strolled through absentmindedly. Great. Yep. He, he, they foreshadowed it when you, went, when you fly down from the mountain. He's like, hey, if you ever need to fly somewhere, and then at the very end of the game, you, the player, are supposed to be like, my time has come. I remember yeah. that now, but I, I also play typically play two or three games at once, so I, a wire got crossed oh, somewhere. I oh, I feel you. I'm real missing. Once we figure out um, where we can, um, that we need to ride the dinosaur that has only appeared once in this game, we go to Bowser's Castle, Bowletta's Castle, and it's another big labyrinthine puzzle dungeon filled with that requires you to use all of the skills you've gathered throughout the game. Only this time, the Koopalings are here. Um, yeah, it, it's more linear than Joke's End, and it's mostly predicated on uh, eight boss battles before you face Balletta, the, the seven Koopalings and then Fafu, which are, I mean, in a way, the boss battles sort of are the puzzles of um yeah of, of that dungeon, but it but it makes it it makes it fun. Like, I I I really yeah. like the last dungeon. There are, there are a couple of navigational puzzles, but yeah, I would agree with that. And this is where I'll interject and just say, um, kids, if you're playing this game, uh make sure you do a little bit of grinding or leveling up because I felt pretty on par throughout the whole game. But when I got here, I had like almost around 70 hit points for both of both Mario and Luigi. And I was getting hit for like 28, 30 damage by the, even just by some of the regular enemies, but the the bosses were doing similar damage. And so definitely. And, and uh, the final bosses even, totally totally worse so uh make sure that you have your stats up make sure you wear a proper you know make sure you get clothing and badges and make sure you're a proper level and you have like at least 100 hp and like yeah, definitely play, play an rpg that, play it like an rpg play it like an rpg play it like an rpg definitely Even I, um, you your reflexes play it like an rpg I only uh, w- when you die in this game, they allow you to retry the battle if you want and I didn't and I didn't even know about that or at least had forgotten until the final dungeon because I uh, I made a few too many mistakes in one of the boss fights uh, because a couple of them there's a there's a bomb timer mm-hmm. and you have to win in a certain number of turns yeah and I I forget which one it was it was I think it was either Roy or Wendy uh, and I Roy and Wendy yeah so it was it was one of them and I I made a few mistakes and didn't deal enough damage and got bombed uh, and, and like oh they let me retry that's nice of them and then I won uh, from what I was able to see. In the Game Boy Advance version, that's not a feature. 
Oh, okay. So then it was I was just very lucky, and I probably need to save it for the fight. Yeah, but then in the in the final battle, which is uh, in two parts, um, you're allowed to retry even if you win in the first part and die in the second part. You uh, you you can retry at the halfway point, which is that's nice. just that's the right only decision. in the 3ds version. <laughs> yes, and um, for that fight, the second half of Balletta, which I, I don't know, you could call it uh, Shadow Cacletta or, or Ghost Cacletta because of Soul. Cacletta's yeah, Cacletta Soul. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, you, you, you fight uh, Balletta and then Balletta devours Mario and Luigi, and then you fight like Cacletta's essence inside of yes. Bowser or whatever. That fight took me maybe 10 tries, at, at least seven or eight. It was, uh, uh, she deals a ton of damage. Um, I think I was at a slightly higher level than Peter, than Pete. Um, I, I think I had like Mario at around 80 HP and Luigi at like 120 because he had a bunch of HP boosting accessories or something. And it was still a challenge. It uh, took me a while and I, my, I even had to just close the clamshell and put the 3ds down and watch an episode of murder murder she wrote because my hand was starting to cramp from all of the from all of the fire bros and uh swing bros i was doing there's some pretty cool like attacks that yeah that cackletta does where you have to juggle an energy ball around between the brothers and stuff and it's hard and you have to like be focused but it's pretty cool to even like look at and um, the swiping uh, spinning arms and the rotating fireballs are what did me are what uh, i've had found the most challenging especially since a couple attacks will uh give you the heavy status which adds some yeah. delay to your jumps and i was oh, I hate that. yeah well, I, I, that messed me up a bit too and what's difficult um is that you start at one hp um, you started that second uh-huh. phase at one eight with one HP for both brothers. Um, so if you um, you gotta use a max nut right away. Predictable. The the my favorite part of the game when Lady Lima and Toadsworth just make out on the runway. Oh yeah, there must have been some kind of a back, background romance that we didn't even see. Like I, I, that should have been a mini game where Toadsworth has to buy Lady Lima a I, ring or something. I'd be in it's, it's featured in Bowser's Minions, the completely unnecessary and pointless mini game that is not fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, like they they try to turn that into sort of an like the opposite of a tower defense like a like a tower autoplay attack that's just and, interesting yeah and, and it's, it basically a goomba finds a flag and decides to be a, a special goomba it's like oh, this is the worst story since um and they and for they kept it for the stupid 3ds remake of bowser's inside story that has no reason to exist oh, good. even worse there yeah so because that game runs at half the frame rate um We'll get. Well, I'm going to get there. Um, we're going to touch on that at the very end. Um, but um, yeah. So anyway, backing up. Um, yeah, the Kakaletta Soul Fight. You begin at one HP after um, beating the first phase. Um, it's less difficult in the 3DS version because you can't. You do have that nifty restart function. But if you don't, and you're playing the Game Boy Advance version, and she attacks first. You can be in for a hard time. It's a rather infamous difficulty spike, slightly mitigated by equipment that lets you move first um, and, and um, items that heal both brothers. I did. I had so many teehee beans that I think uh, Mario just had unusually high speed. So he, I, uh, yeah. for all those retries I did, Mario did go first, which was helpful. Yeah, um, I, I will admit that on the Game Boy Advance version, I took advantage of a glitch to beat this boss fight the first time. It's not like a, not like a skip glitch or anything, but there is a very easy to, to replicate um, 
where if you if you give one of the brothers a pepper that increases their 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 stats and then they die and then you res them with a mushroom they actually keep the power boost but without the limited um jumping abilities of the peppers oh, oh that's nice i yeah, a, i don't i that was so long ago i don't remember if i used that glitch or even knew about the glitch at all i i, I did beat this game on the gba a long time ago, but I, I I don't remember the glitch. But maybe I did, and I just forgot. Yeah, that was just a thing in the GBA version. They fixed it in the 3DS version. So unfortunately, um, my hopes and dreams were dashed. But um, uh, this fight is pretty tough. It, it's a it's a worthy finale to the game. I think um, it, the music's cool. The boss design is kind of unsettling. Um, the boss's attacks are flashy and scary. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly kind of a freaky, um, a freaky conclusion to a Mario game. It kind of reminds me of the final boss of Thousand Year Door, just because it's a, you know, a fen- feminine shadowy blob. But yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. Um, Cacletta's soul is uh, an unusual difficulty spike and an unusual moment of uh, sort of menace that uh, most of the rest of the game lacks. Yeah, the first four Mario and Luigi games all have... Well, the first three, I should say, but all have unique final boss encounters that are surprisingly epic for their genre roots. And then they just went back to using Bowser as the final boss of everything, and it sucks. Um, uh, Do we have any closing thoughts on Bowletta's Castle in the final boss fight? I really like this part of... This is my favorite part of the game, because when the Koopalings first showed up, I was like... Kooplings again. This is before, okay. This is before um, they were played out, though. Remember, this game first came out in two thousand three. Right. Yeah. We look at the <laughs> yeah. We 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 have been well and truly sick of the Koopalings ever since the new Super Mario Bros. games kept bringing them up. But this was technically their first appearance in Super Mario World. Huh. Interesting. Well, the thing was, at first when I at first when they showed up, I wasn't. I wasn't looking forward to it, but I like their boss fights. I like the the tension of the um, of the bombs, and you know when they had their clones and everything. I found that pretty fun. And then the um, yeah, the Cacleta fight was definitely a difficulty spike because I didn't have any problems with this game before this. And then this fight took me um, two tries, but it was um, but it was fun because it, it you actually had. Um, it, it was definitely the uh, the showing of mastery of the mechanics that you had, and I had I was at that point like level thirty eight or thirty nine, so like I had, I was pretty I was pretty well off for it. Um, yeah, it was it was cool though. It was it was a good kind of final uh, gauntlet in some way. Um, but then the ending was just like so brief that it was kind of frustrating it is a so. little abrupt isn't it i i i, I want to throw something in um on the last note about Bellata's castle that i like uh, i think for me the coolest enemies are here which are the like prone sniper bullet bills that are using super nintendo super scopes I Those, uh, the coolest villains or the coolest regular enemies i should say are the sleeping fish that uh that fart and then you have to dodge a fart bubble going through the ocean those are the cool pillows at you they throw pillows. yeah those ones are cool those ones are cool too <laughs> I, I was just surprised to see like special forces sniper bullet bills I was like what i've never seen anything like that before but yeah those those fish that throw pillows are pretty good too they are i i like the 
how each of the Koopalings boss fights was quite different. Uh, the first couple are sort of normal, but um, Wendy has to has you dodging these gravity rings, and she incorporates the clone stuff from one of the previous Koopalings, and then. Uh, Roy, I think, has the most urgent um, bomb timer because he has a lot of defense, and uh, and you and it's I think it's the first time you hit one of those bombs, and then uh, I think Ludwig even tells you I'm just going to go all out from the beginning, and he just has a bunch of really powerful offensive attacks, but once you dodge all of it, he just it, it, he just loses. So so it's it's like an entirely defensive fight, and then uh, the last one. I don't remember if it's Larry or Lemmy or, or whichever one uh, is basically a tennis match where you, you play like a, you know, like a Ganon boss fight in a Zelda game where you have to bat projectiles back and forth. Uh, it, like, like each one of the boss fights felt different and interesting and uh, was, I think, equal parts of boss fight and a, and a sort of a puzzle gimmick that I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I thought this is a really good final dungeon. And, and also it doesn't, your time isn't that wasted. Like, I thought that Guajar Lagoon talk, took me longer than this final dungeon. Maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, that's not the case for me just because I was underleveled, but I think that that's true. And I agree with you. This this part doesn't waste your time. It's it's no filler. It's it's a good final dungeon. Those Those mini bosses were good. They were brief, but still challenging enough to be interesting some of them were um so i really appreciated this part yeah i think i had a higher level than pete and a lower level than joe when i fought fought the final boss um i'm pretty sure my bros bros were both at level 34 but but i did struggle a little bit with soul of kakaletta yeah i was like 35 36 i believe well, that I think that about wraps it up for our conversation on the game itself. Um, we do want to do um, a, some closing thoughts on the game before we go. Um, and I do want to touch on that. Bo- I'm actually real quick before we do that, though, I'm going to touch on. Um, we mentioned earlier that uh, uh, Bowser's Inside Story was going to was the net was a, got a remake. Though this was the third Mario and Luigi game, and the second one to be remade after Superstar Saga. The remake is not great. I think I've alluded to that already, um, and it's not great for really baffling reasons. Um, despite running on the same engine as Superstar Saga DX, it runs at half the frame rate. It goes at to uh, it goes from sixty to thirty. And I'm not a frame rate snob by any means, but the fact that the DS version of that game also runs at 60 is kind of weird. It makes it kind of strange. I don't know. A lot of the da- the, the down visuals were kind of downgraded. Um, some of the minor changes they made just aren't all that appealing. And it was probably one of the lowest selling Mario. And you can already play the original on a 3DS. So unfortunately, it was the lowest selling Mario game. One of the lowest-selling Mario games ever, the remake, and uh, Alpha Dream wound up filing for bankruptcy shortly thereafter, which is a real shame, because I think after our discussion on Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga, this company really had a lot of promise, and they, um, and this, I think that Superstar Saga, in my opinion, I think this and Bowser, the original Bowser and Inside Story are just them at the peak of their creativity. Um, and it, it's just kind of a shame, you know, that uh, this developer that had had quite a lot of early success really wound up uh not doing so hot at the end yeah and and with with that i i think this this remake i haven't played the original but i think this remake succeeds in a lot of ways and i think it's successful in kind of making a new 
art style and new aesthetic for the 3DS. But I, from screenshots and screenshots and gameplay that I've seen from the GBA version, I think I just prefer the. I think I prefer the visuals of that and the sprite and the sprites of it, um, and that might be because of nostalgia. Like I, you know, I got a Game Boy Advance when I was eight, and I played the heck out of it, and I love the visuals that were created on the, the GBA. Um, but I think something's been. I think something was lost a bit in these kind of more watercolor-looking um, sort of uh, smeary, not in a bad way, but smeary graphics. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely. I think the visual style it's a little more homogenous um, mm-hmm. versus this and the original Bowser's Inside Story, um, where they did let those sprites. Those sprites are still were very expressive, very unique. They had a lot of enemies had a lot of unique designs that we don't see, like. Um, just as an example, the booze in the final dungeon had this kind of goofy facial expression that now they're just kind of generic looking booze is what booze look like in the Mario games. Is that necessarily a bad thing? No, but it just you kind of get the sense that they're reusing assets for these one again. And then maybe it's just hard to replicate um, a game that was kind of all made done from scratch. Um, it's just there, there's something to be there's something to be said for how they kind of went from this company that really gave it everything they had with Superstar Saga to a, game, a company that regurgitated a remake nobody asked for. I mean, the Superstar Saga remake is great. Like, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed this remake. And I think of all the games they were going to touch on, that one made the most sense to bring to a modern audience because you couldn't play it on the, on the modern hardware. The same can't really be said for Bowser's Inside Story. And even then, the mainline Paper Mario... The Paper Mario. The mainline Mario and Luigi games were kind of on a perceived decline. Paper Jam wasn't very well received. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you accidentally said Paper Mario, but the last Mario and Luigi game did cross paths with Paper Mario in a in a, in a way that's sort of a cute idea, but not, not a great execution. Um, I, I, I mean, poor went out for Alpha Dream. I think they got stuck in a creative rut where the first let's say the first three Mario and Luigi games were big successes and that put pressure on them to make more. And with the, with a couple in a row, not being very good. Uh, Cause I mean, I mean, dream team is actually, I think dream team's all right, but it's, uh, yeah, but it's, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's too long and not, and sort of not special. Then uh paper jam was sort of not great. And the two remakes did not sell like gangbusters. And, I, I feel like they were trapped by Mario and Luigi a little bit. If they were allowed to have Mario and Luigi end maybe even at Bowser's Inside Story and then have them try something else, they might still be around. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, as much as I love the art style of the 3DS games, how much more interesting would it have been if they'd applied those graphics to, like, an original IP or... um. I, I had said for ages that I would want them to make like a Super Smash Bros. style RPG um, all the Nintendo properties. I think that'd be pretty incredible. And don't forget, the game that they made before Superstar Saga was an RPG called Tomato Adventure about a boy in the Ketchup Kingdom who is the only person in Ketchup Kingdom who hates tomatoes. And Which I can relate I, to. <laughs> I have not played Tomato Adventure, but I am delighted by every single screenshot I've ever seen of it. <laughs> so, I mean, Alpha Dream was clearly a creative, talented studio, and uh, I, I think they got stuck in a rut a little bit, which prevented us from getting what we richly deserve, Tomato Adventure 2. 
yeah, pour one out for what could have been, right? Maybe maybe that'll be our next Kickstarter after I Uden Chronicle. <laughs> Let's raise three million dollars to make Tomato Adventure Two a reality, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, any more final thoughts on um, Superstar Saga in general, though? Shout out! Shout outs to. Uh, Toadsworth and Lady Lima on the runway um, making out when uh, when uh, our heroes are about to depart back to the Mushroom Kingdom with Bowser in tow. I, I loved how they dropped off Bowser at his house. Uh, that was really nice. But before they took off Toadsworth and Lady Lima, man, really, I mean, the romance, I've shed a tear. It's just beautiful. <laughs> Straight up, straight up macking on the runway. This game, I was kind of disappointed with it. It's, it felt from my experience with it was that it was aggressively fun in a lot of ways. Um, And that just didn't really um, interest me. And like I said, maybe I came into it with, uh, with the wrong point of view. Um, And it did get better a bit by the end, but I wasn't wild about the visuals. I didn't really find anything um, like, not that I was really trying to go for something thought provoking, but I didn't really find anything terribly thought provoking in the mechanics or story. And I think like my biggest thing is that this is a Yoko Shimomura game. And I like, aside from the, from like that Starfield thing at the beginning of the game, I did not like this music at all. I did not. I did not vibe with it one oh. bit. And I and I've listened. I've listened to a lot of Yoko Shimomura. I played quite a few Yoko Shimomura uh, composed games, and I think she is brilliant. I think she's one of the greatest video game composers of all time. And of course, I'm not like the only one who would say that. Um, but I found so little to um, grab onto with this, and at some points, I just turned the sound off. Um, and I thought that was a huge problem because even when I'm doing a grindy as heck game, like when we were playing tactics ogre, I didn't do that for it. Um, so it's, so that kind of, that really soured me on it. Um, I'm, you know, a musician, I really, um, focus a lot on music and how it impacts my experience. And if that was happening, that's kind of, that's a bit uh darning for me if you if we'll say that yeah i mean i i can i can see if it didn't vibe if that didn't vibe with you that would definitely dampen the experience i i mean personally speaking i like the music in superstar saga um i think maybe the original compositions i, I mean I'm, I'm not saying this like to invalidate your opinion maybe because i grew up listening to the gba soundtrack and i think I'm, i like those tunes a little more than the remixes in the new version um which aren't, I don't think they're bad, but it, it, it falls into the Final Fantasy X remaster-itis, where it's like, this mu- this remix music is fine, but I per- I am familiar with the original. Yeah, I think I think as far as Shimomura soundtracks, this is a weaker a weaker one, even though there were tunes that I thought were lovely. You stuck with this entire series, and some of the, her final boss themes, particularly the final boss theme of Bowser's Inside Story, like, absolute bangers. So Right. Yeah, quietly, Yoko Shimomura has done the music for half of the Mario RPGs, and she also did uh, Super Mario RPG. And I think that Super Mario RPG and Bowser's Inside Story both have better music than Superstar Saga, but, you know, for a GBA soundtrack, it's it, it, it's pretty good. I'm not going to turn the sound down like Joe did, but 
I don't know. Agreed that it's not uh, Shimomura's finest work, but but I think it's 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 fine. Um, but uh, uh, this was positive fun nostalgia for me. I. I had the 3DS remake already, and I intended to get to get to it eventually. This podcast was the opportunity to do so, and um, the parts I remember liking, I thought were still good, and I was reminded of things I had sort of forgotten uh, from playing this game 15 years ago that were pleasant surprises. A, a lot of the boss fights, uh, I'm thinking of mostly. So, and, and also, I don't think this game really um, wastes your time that much. It, it always has you going to the next thing. And, uh, and and you're sort of in and out in about 20 hours. I think it's a 15 to 20 hour game, perhaps. And uh, so it doesn't waste your time. Uh, there's some very genuinely funny and uh, creative moments in the both the writing and in the gameplay. And, and I think it's worth playing. I, 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 on the GBA uh, episode we did a month or two ago, um, mostly running on memories because I hadn't started playing this remake yet. I said it was one of the best GBA RPGs, and I think I, uh, I I think I stand by that. This is a really fun, really interesting game, and one of the best GBA RPGs. So, just because of my personality, there were some parts uh, in the middle of the game that that drug me down and, and frustrated me a little bit, but I ended up being very positive on it. Um, uh, it once for me there was a material difference between some of those middle parts and the later parts um, as far as how uh, instructions and information was communicated and how easy it was or interesting without getting frustrating it was to navigate some of those areas. So I ended up being very, very positive um, on some of the aspects that um, I was negative on before. And uh, this game is awesome. It's so funny. It is. It's got really fun combat, and it's just about the complete package. If you're talking about a handheld RPG that that's totally different from most other things, and um, has a very distinct, strong identity, and uh, won't waste your time, like Mike said, and one that you can dip in and out of in. 20 hours or so um yeah i love this game oh, i'm glad i'm glad to hear it turned around for you um and yeah i mean obviously my history with the game probably doesn't need a lot of explaining for longtime listeners my forum handle old forum handle and current twitter username has been i have fury for decades i have a lot of affection for superstar saga and revisiting it has been a lot of fun um it's been fun um reinvigorating my memory of parts of this game that i had uh I had kind of just forgotten about um, after so many years. It was a big old nostalgia trip for me. I think the remake updates the original in enough ways to make it more, um, just a little more palatable. Um, I love the, I just love the flashy combat. I love the, I love um, the funny humor. I like how exploring the world. Um, and it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's an in and out breezy romp and I enjoy Sometimes that's what you need, you know, um, we need a break from our 80 hour RPG epics and just need to play something, um, for lack of a better term, something casual, something we can kind of just, uh, dive into, um, and get back out again real quick. Um, so yeah, Superstar Saga, I enjoyed doing it. I'm, I'm really, so, I'm really sorry it didn't vibe with you as much though, Joe, that's, uh, that's unfortunate, but, uh. 
It, it happens. Yeah, some, sometimes you just don't like with people. Sometimes you just don't vibe with particular people. Sometimes you just don't vibe with a particular game. It doesn't make it bad or good, but... It is what it is. Yeah. That's a fact. Well said. Unless we anyone has any more parting thoughts, I think that's about going to wrap us up. Next week, we have episode 250 of Retro Encounter. So give it up. We made it so that we made it to this milestone, fellas. Woo! Pretty incredible stuff. Um, so later this month, we'll be doing part three of the quiz show. We know you like those episodes. We know Mike likes uh, inviting people onto them. We know that most staff dread sign- actually signing up for them. So this is going to be interesting. Um, can't wait to hear what uh, what y'all have come up with for this one. Yeah, well, um, some people are just cowards, including two people named Peter. Remarkable. I, I 100% agree that my inner Luigi um, rears to the surface anytime Mike says the words quiz and show in succession. But without the, without the without the Luigi follow up, though, that's my case too. Un- unfortunately, it's just pure cowardice. But uh, coming in September, um, we're going to be doing the month of Persona, including a look at Persona 2 Innocent Sin, um, um, a, a beloved entry in that series. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on that. Um, as always, if you want to reach out to us, email retro at rpgfan.com. You can comment on the boards, um, visit the Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, Discord. We do Twitch streaming every day. There's a lot of different ways you can find us. Um, Review us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give us feedback. It helps us make the show better. And we just like hearing from you in general. Um, uh, Whereas for where you can find us, uh, Pete, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at PeteBarbero1. And... um, if you're so inclined, uh, on Twitch, it's um, RG half penny. Letter R, letter G, half penny. Like a half of a penny. Like a hey penny. <laughs> what about you, Joe? So you can find me when I'm not uh, on RPG Fan social media, um, on my personals, on Discord, Instagram, and Twitter as at Eva Least. All right. And uh, what about you, Mike? I am most easily found on Twitter. I'm at the real monsoon and my, I have a second account at evoker for dogs. I'm also monsoon Mike on RPG fans, discord server. The evoker for dogs never gets old. I love that. So good. Uh, um, and as for me, as I've mentioned already, you can reach me at, I have fury on Twitter. You can also email me Peter T at RPGfan.com. And that'll about do us for our game journal on Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Good night. Good luck. Don't forget to drink your bean juice. <laughs>